Hey, this is Shamina. Welcome back to another week of the Two Quick Things podcast. I'm going to talk this week about being the common denominator. And I, unfortunately, I do not mean that in the best of ways. Um, I'm not talking about math or division, but I'm talking about situations where you may be or someone you know may be the consistent thing across each situation. And those situations typically may turn out a little bit poorly. So Merriam-Webster defines, the dictionary defines it first as the math term, but the second part, it says something such as a feature or quality that is shared by all of the members of a group of people or things. And so that can be, when you think about the common denominator, we always talk about like, are you like, maybe sometimes you're the toxic person in a situation. And that's similar to what this is. Maybe you're the thing in the situation or the group of people or the conversations that is similar across the board. So you're the same thing that's running across all of those. And sometimes you don't, you're not able to see that because you may be in different mixes of people, but sometimes you are the common den- denominator and sometimes you are the toxic one. So I'm going to talk about a few things related to being maybe recognizing yourself as a toxic one or someone else being the toxic one and perhaps how you can move away from those types of situations. Now, full disclosure, I have recorded this podcast the other day and I found myself in my feelings about something completely unrelated to the podcast and the conversation and I felt that I just needed to do over. So just a little bit about the back behind the scenes of recording a show, solo show, solo for now show, and sometimes it's hard. So that's why this episode is a little bit late this week. But again, thanks for tuning in. Much appreciated. So, okay, being the common denominator, uh, and again, I'm taking this from the, uh, let's, let's talk about in, in the context of a work setting. Um, you might be the common denominator if people are not willing to give you feedback on any sort of regular or consistent basis. Uh, you might be the, to- the toxic one or the common denominator if you are someone who can't be trusted with a secret. If, you, if you're the person that people know is going to gossip or they tell you things with the intention to see how quickly they can spill out, you might be the person who's the common denominator or the toxic one. Um, if you never compromise, if you don't know how to celebrate other people, um, if you make fun of people to gain attention or favor in a group or a crowd, Uh, You take advantage of other people's kindness. And sometimes these things aren't necessarily um, uh, intended to be vicious. And sometimes this is just people's nature. And that doesn't necessarily make it good or bad, but it's just their nature that this is how they are. And so maybe inside of them, they're just, they're the toxic one. Um, Another way to identify to see if you are perhaps indeed the toxic one, um, you never apologize or admit wrongdoing. you think you're better than everybody else. And sometimes you say it. Maybe sometimes you're like, I know I'm better than this person, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you, make, you make and take things personally. Everything is about you and how somebody's coming for you and how you just can't be around them anymore. Um, let's see, what's another one? You are generally passive aggressive about everything. You peer pressure people into making them do what you want them to do all the time. And it's either your way or no way. Um, So those are just a few. If you found yourself connecting with any of those uh, common denominator touch points, if you will, um, you might be the problem. 
if things fall apart when you touch them or when you join the conversation or the group or the project, if things start to fall apart, and then if you take a step back, say you don't make it into that group for a day or two and you step back into it and there seems to be a different vibe or energy, you might be the problem. Um, are people willing to tell you or do you have that friend or that colleague that's willing to tell you, be like, hey, dude, it might be you. Have you taken a step back or are you too stubborn and being stuck on stupid to take the time to realize like all of these problems seem to find me? I'm in the same relationship over and over again. I'm just picking the wrong person. Narcissus or bruh or person, it just might be you. All the other people might be fine and it might be you that's the problem. Maybe you haven't taken the time to kind of internally examine where you are in your life or where what you bring to a situation or how you may detract from it. And I think we sometimes get into this issue when we feel in ourselves a little bit and we don't realize what our job is in that moment. Our job in that moment is to realize and look around and see, like, how am I contributing to this conversation or how am I taking away from this conversation or situation? And again, it's really easy to get caught up in, like, pointing the blame at every other person around you and how this person did you wrong and taking no responsibility for any of the, the wrongs or the ills in your life. But again, if you start to look around at each of your friend groups, each of your individual friendships or friend groups, and there's drama all the time, there's all these things going on, you realize that people are hanging out without you, you might be the toxic one. It's one of those things where, you know, they talk about when you see the signs for an issue coming up and like, it's per perhaps it's a thought at first, then it's a pebble, then it's a rock, then it's a brick, then it's a boulder, and then it's some sort of avalanche. You've got to start to pay attention to those things. So much of life um, can be improved or acknowledged or adjusted if we just pay attention. If you pay attention to what's going on and pause, slow down, stop rushing through all the things in your life because you think you're on some sort of timetable that someone is setting you up. Like at 30, you got to do this. At 25, you got to do this. By 40, you need to do X, Y, and Z. I have not paid a single bill in my life based on what somebody else told me I should be at or benchmark I should be at. I am where I am and I'm destined to be here because this is where I'm supposed to be right now. But I, I've got to cons consistently pay attention to the things that are around me. I've avoided so much bullshit, to be honest, because I paid attention to the signs of friendships gone awry, relationships gone south. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Let me take a step back because this is not what I want to be involved in. Um, one of my friends or two of my friends recently were like, Shamina, you just don't have no drama in your life. And I'm like, you know what? Thank you. I appreciate that because I've, I'm pretty sure I've been the common denominator before. I've had to have been like I've been in relationships before and friendships before and they seem to go the same way. And I seem to be playing the same recurring role in those relationships and friendships until I decided to stop and be like, wait a minute. I don't want to do this again. I don't want to play this part. I don't want to be the same broken down person's uh, insert Tyler Perry movie in a bad wig in this next version of my life or this year of my life. It's really, um, again, when you, you start to pay attention, you start realizing you have to stop blaming external ish causes for internal issues. That self-examination piece will save your life literally and figuratively. 
and the, the, the key to open the door in this and to turn the corner is to start, start taking personal responsibility and choose to change the thing that you have control over, which is you. You can't change how somebody treated you. You can't change how somebody receives or interacts with you. What you can do is change like, I don't want to be this type of person. I don't want to be the toxic person anymore. How do I step outside of that and turn a corner? Maybe it's shutting your damn mouth. If you want to say something slick sometime, every time somebody says something to you, you don't have to have a response for everything that happens to you, at you, around you. Some things you can just zip your lip and be quiet and move on. Not everything that's trying to get your attention deserves your attention. And I think that's one of, again, that's a, that's a, um, uh, a key, if you will. So if you have a keychain, that's another key. And one is taking responsibility. Another one is stop blaming external causes for internal issues. And another one is paying attention to what you have control over and shutting your damn mouth when you need to sometimes. Walking away from a situation, literally. I think I've said this before on other podcasts. Sometimes you literally have to move physically away from a situation, a person, and get some air. And maybe you revisit the conversation, the person or the situation, and maybe you don't. But you've got to be smart enough and bright enough and aware enough to remove yourself from that. So much of this, again, is about paying attention and the level of self-awareness and the willingness to act on that. That doesn't mean it's going to feel good every time you do it, every time you engage in some level of change, every time you choose not to be the toxic person, not to bring the drama. Um, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to uh, maybe cause a rift in something. Um, that doesn't mean you have to fall apart every time you make a choice to be less toxic. It's also, if you're the person who's like, I'm the regular person, like I have a toxic friend, it, it may take you pulling away from that friendship. It may take you being brave. If you feel brave enough to say something to your friend or your colleague who you receive a toxic energy from, because people who are toxic have a toxicness about them. I don't mean a stench in the sense of smelling, but there's something about them that you're like, I can't tell them anything because I know it's just going to be some negative. They're going to try to bring it down. They're going to advocate for the devil, which I don't do. Cause you know, people are like, well, to play devil's advocate. And I'm like, or they think of some asinine situation or like scenario that, you know, I never go, the sky is not going to fall right now. Has anybody ever seen the sky fall? No. So why are you even bringing that up? But it's, it's always these things. And you're like, forget the whole thing. I don't like you may, you, I'm working too hard for something too simple. Um, Oh, Lord, I forgot my train of thought. But anywho, uh, if you're engaging with someone who is that toxic person, um, if you're brave enough to say something and be like, look, I, I feel like there's maybe a barrier. And you don't have to use the word toxic because I feel like people would turn up if they heard that. Um, but you can say, I feel like there's a barrier in our friendship relationship or our working relationship. And I would like to figure out what that is because it's presented a challenge for me for us to like deepen and strengthen, strengthen this relationship and see what the person says. You're not always going to feel brave enough to do it. And I'm a believer. Like sometimes I know this whole, like you shouldn't ghost people. Well, sometimes if, if it's between ghosts and you and saving myself, I'm going to save myself. I'm going to save myself. And if ghosting you is the way to do that, then so be it. I've, I'm no, I've talked about this before. Sometimes like I can't, I can't work in your toxic environment and in your energy. 
um, as a person who is like, I'm not saying I'm like super susceptible to energy, but I can certainly feel it. And I know when it's off and sometimes I just got to slide on not that bad boy. I guess, I guess we're not friends anymore. And then sometimes people will get it. Sometimes they won't. But like, again, you can't save everybody. You can't save a grown person that don't want to be saved. You can't adjust the energy of somebody who chooses to be toxic. One day someone is going to be able to tell them or they're going to like pay attention to the friendships that continue to fail or the relationships that continue to fail. And they're going to they're going to know like, damn, I'm, I'm that one. I'm that bitch, but not in a good way. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of my thoughts on the common denominator of toxicity. And there are times when we are in toxic environments. The, the environment that we're in is a mix of common denominators of folks who are just bring a level of toxicity to the environment and they feed off of each other. And sometimes that means you got to leave that job. You may love the work. You may love like the outward facing work. You may even really like some of your colleagues that you work with. But sometimes an environment is toxic and you must rid yourself of that or you too will become toxic. And that's not to say that it will be easy to leave or to eliminate yourself from that because that toxicity will try to it'll try to bring you in. It'll throw money at you. It will throw um, benefits at you. It will throw opportunities at you. But again, you have to be smart enough to discern when an environment is in the long run, not going to serve you. If you go home tired, if you go home and your job is not in the core of the job, it's not an exhausting, tiresome job, but you get home and you find yourself to be exhausted. You can't stay awake. You can't engage in things after the business day. That environment may be the common denominator and you just haven't seen it. You just haven't been willing to see the toxic toxicity of it because it gives you some sort of intrinsic um, feeling of I'm doing good. Like I just have to tough it through. It's only these people. But the longer you stay in that environment, the more susceptible you become to being toxic yourself. So I think it's, it's, it's an easy thing to say. It is a very easy thing to say. It is a very difficult thing to do and act on and you can do it. You, you've done hard things. You've done harder things than leaving a job. You've likely left a relationship. You've likely lost a person that you love. Either they walked away, you had to walk away, they passed away, you, you lost contact. You have done harder things than leaving a job. Even if you went to school for too long to get that job, you may not love it anymore. It may no longer be your thing. It may no longer serve you. And again, your job is to recognize it Choose to make the change because you have the, you have the control to change it. It may not look like where you want it to be that first that first step out the door. So let's say take a job. It, you may not move into the next perfect job. The next perfect job ain't going to be the last job, very likely. So you just have to be willing to take the first step and start to look out there. People will value you for a willingness to change. And like, there's a level that you can be honest about the environment that you're coming from when you're in an interview process. Don't be like that. Those bitches are toxic. Um, and one of those people is your reference. That's not going to work out, but you can say something like, you know, I'm looking for an environment where I can really thrive and grow. And I didn't feel like I was going to be able to get that in, you know, my most recent, like either my current workplace, if you're still there or my most recent. And so part of my, my responsibility to myself and to 
quote unquote, the profession is to go out and find a place where I can be of service um, and feel like I can contribute to the environment and to also pull things from the environment that I need to grow and learn and kind of get in the cycle of like pulling and pushing, pulling and pushing in both directions. There you go. You can use that answer. That's a freebie. Take that answer with you. Nobody's really going to probably make that strong connection that the last place that you worked was toxic unless that person has themselves been in a toxic workplace because toxic, you know, those of us in recovery after working in a toxic environment, you know, other people that are trying to get out of that. There's, there's some key things that you're saying. You'd be like, damn, I know how they feel. That may not get them the job automatically, but you'd be like, yeah, I know what that means. I know what they were trying to say there because they've recognized it. So hopefully that's some good information to think about and kind of ponder when it comes to being a common denominator of uh, and or being toxic. The last thing I'm going to talk about for just a few moments is um, so I'm recording this. One of the reasons that I struggled with recording um, and putting out the last episode that I actually have recorded that is on the cutting room floor, if you will, is um, this is happening. I'm recording a few days after Kobe Bryant and like the eight other folks, one of whom was his daughter and other people who were connected to his basketball team uh, or basketball academy were killed in a um, helicopter crash uh, recently. This is like at this point two days ago. And for some reason, I don't, I'm not a big, I wasn't a big Kobe fan. I on and off watch basketball. I used to be like a real basketball head, like in junior high and high school and a little bit in college. And it just kind of like basketball head is in like, I had basketball cards. Like that's how much of a nerd I was. Um, but something about this one hits differently. Um, I wasn't even a Lakers fan, so it wasn't that. Um, but I just have been trying to to grapple with what I'm feeling around this grief and grieving someone that I did not know and had zero connection to aside for at one point in my life, a, a real love for basketball. Um, but it's bringing up some things that I'm not quite sure how to handle or how to respond to. It's been a real distraction. And I just want to normalize for folks who are listening, myself included. So I'm saying this for myself. Um, it's okay to be confused about grief um, and to acknowledge that it brings up loss that you've experienced in other areas of your life, be it with a person, a pet, a relationship, a job. Um, grieving looks different for each person and how they experience that is their own and no one has to understand it. Um, and I think it's also important to say um, it's okay to hold grief and to be um, also confused about why you're holding grief for someone who may at some point been problematic to you individually or have engaged in behavior that was problematic. I think it's fine to hold those things. And it's, it's supernatural. Like you can have more than one feeling at a time, duh. But it, it's, it just, it's for me, like I'm aware of like some of the, like the one thing that I know about Kobe Bryant from like the sexual assault case from way back when, and to still mourn the fact that it's a human being that was lost. Um, and it's sad and it sucks. And there's lots of people who are confused about the grief and don't know what to do with it. Um, so that's the other thing that I just wanted to normalize for myself and for folks who are listening. It's okay to be confused and be like, I didn't know this man. I'm not, I'm not in the will. Um, but it still hurts. It feels personal. Um, and I don't, I still don't know what to do with it. So I leave that as, um, something to think about. It's fine if you're confused, if, why you're having feelings and if it's sitting with you in an uncomfortable way, 
that's okay. Um, there's, there doesn't have to be an answer to it. And I know I'm personally trying to feel my way through it and just feel it and acknowledge it when it's in my face and uh, just take a breath when I need to. Um, thanks for listening to this episode and feel free to find me on Instagram under two quick things, slide into my DMS. Uh, you know how to listen to the show. Thanks for listening. You can listen on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google play. I think that's it. But if there are more, you're already listening. So thank you. Oh, SoundCloud. Duh. Um, but again, thank you guys for riding with me thus far. And I look forward to, uh, chatting again next week. Thanks. Bye.